Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So with me today is Bob Rang. And I think you friended me, but I looked at your website right away because I've thought you were a dancer. I don't think I knew what you were. I knew you were connected <laughs> with Hello Hollywood. And then I looked at your website and saw these amazing photos of giant shows that you have been a part of. Mm-hmm. And we, are you a, you're not, a, are you not a set designer? What are you, what is your title? Well, I go by uh, production uh, designer. Uh, production designers. That's kind of the bigger overall. Right. Because a production designer basically is, you're not only designing your you're designing, you're, you're also designing the show, um, how the show goes, not necessarily all the physical things. Yes, you're doing the physical things, oh, okay. but you're also um, working with the producer to move, to tell the story and stuff. So it's, it's, it's a two-way street. Okay. Because I know I want to spend some time on Hello Hollywood, Hello, because I was in that show and also... Right. All the stories I hear, I came in a year into, like I was telling you before we recorded, that I just kind of stepped into something that was already made. And then I've done so many interviews with Pete Menefee talking about it, and like for the costumes and the dancers coming in and watching, you know, walking this, walking this enormous theater that doesn't have wings or sets or seats in the house yet. And so their, their view of it, I don't think I really heard those stories when I was in the show. So here it is, you know, 40 something years later, I'm learning this epic creation of something I went la di da I'm in the biggest show in the world and then went and did something else but I'm so fascinated with how this comes together like all these people that are exceptionally talented in their field specialized in their field and still like I think you hearing this like have a broad vision you're not just doing the intricate ins and outs of sets design you're seeing the big picture right I mean basically um with uh, Hello Hollywood, Hello, um, there were two designers and two uh, assistant associate designers. Um, I was working with Ray Kloss and then um, Keaton Walker was working with Brian Bartholomew. The show was split in two. Um, and um, that makes it that makes it a lo- little bit more complicated because yeah. you have to divide up the space, you know, um you know certain lines were dedicated to san francisco and that we would need lines for the space number and stuff so there's a lot of coordinating between uh i'll I'll say the the four of us between you know brian ray keaton and i we basically uh pulled uh pulled the whole show together because we did have the we did had a thank God we were all friends, close friends that uh, we were able to uh, uh, do the um, four uh, numbers um, as uh, with two two di- uh, with another designer, um, uh, and I mean along those lines, you know, and then working with Don and trying to figure out Don's vision and stuff 
And in, in some cases with Don gives you a, a raw idea, but you really have to, as a designer, you really have to develop that idea. Ooh, let's talk. Can you talk? Let's go back a little bit, like how you even got hired, if you uh, had to apply or submit anything, because you told me this is like the biggest thing you've done. But I'm just curious who he finds, who he finds, because Don has this, a massive budget. He's very creative, but I'm just the, for him to trust his vision. Like, you know, like I think Pete Menefee said that he trusted him. He'd have to run things by him, but he knew who he was hiring. He could trust with his baby. So first, how did you, what were you doing before you did this to be able to step into this giant thing? Well, Steve, before uh, working on this, I was a um, lighting technician for CBS Television City here in Los Angeles. And I always wanted to be a designer. Um, we all have our, you know, our goals and visions and stuff. And I had my portfolio. portfolio. And uh, working at CBS Television City, I would every every time there a show came in that had a designer, I would hit them up. Oh, I wanna I wanna be designer. I wanna be your assistant and stuff. And you always got the same thing. Well, you need a little bit more. You know, um, uh, <clears throat> uh, you have to be able to work a little bit more. You need more experience. Experience. And of course, I always say, well you know that's what i need how do i get that experience but anyway um long story short that i came across a designer called ray clausen and it just so happened he said i need someone to uh, for just two weeks on the academy awards we can you take a leave of absence needless to say i didn't take a leave of absence i quit cbs and became his assistant for um this show and needless to say, if it wasn't for Keaton Walker, I think I probably would have failed because I was so green. Uh, we were working and Keaton and I were working in the same office for the show. And uh, it was through Keaton that he just took me through the ropes of uh, um, uh, design and being an assistant. So basically I was an assistant and uh, I was, um, in all the production meetings with Don and uh, got to know how Don works. And, you know, it was, a, it was a training experience for me for becoming a designer eventually. Um, but uh, from there, um, uh, going through all the different, because <clears throat> we were in charge of the uh, space number and the circus number. And the one thing that I was able to do was um, uh, Ray Clausen, who I was working for, gave me, I designed, actually, um, this is kind of this feather in my cap. I mean, I've only been uh, assistant designer for like a year and a half, and I designed the opening of the space number. That, that's how I all started. Okay, I want to go back. I want to go back now to so. But, how much does Don Arden have in his mind when he comes to you? Does he have like a loose frame, or he knows I want a space number, I want an opening like this, I want a circus thing, or how much did he actually come with? Well, just just like you said, he went to us. He would say to us, uh, "I want to, honey, honey, I want to do a space number." <laughs> <laughs> 
and and then we take it from there and then we bounce some ideas off of them and you know the same thing with the the circus you know the finale you know honey the, the finale is going to be a circus number i want to do circus wagons i want to do this i want to do that um and that's that's basically how it happened and then you know and then you sometimes you would say to Don, well, Don, you really can't do that because um, we don't have the room or, you know, there, there's something that's happening before that negates us to make that change into that scene and stuff. So um, uh, he just gives you the raw idea and uh, we take it from there. Like the space number, uh, we worked the opening. Um, we did know that there was going, there had to be a water effect. So we put it in the space number. Um, and uh, then the living, it was decided that the living curtain wouldn't work in San Francisco, wouldn't work in the opening, it'll work in the space number. So there's, there's all that push and pulling of uh, different ideas and, um, Especially in this case, special effects like the uh, the discs that come out of the ceiling. That's that's as as the numbers are developed, those special effects are are put into uh, um, certain numbers. Okay, my brain is tripping right now. So he wants a living curtain, but doesn't really know where it goes. And I want water, right. and he's seeing the the effects, the wow, and then your thing is to where it fits that it right. makes sense that's so fascinating okay are you a big picture like how do you see things Because for me i am a choreographer i'm very conceptual i see the whole story and then i have people that come up and do all the detail that i i see everything bigger and i work with people who are so detailed and i think it complements so well because i'm very conceptual but i don't people's brains when they're creating something I'm just, I would love to hear your process of how your brain works when you're given this huge assignment of how much freedom and what can I do? Because um, Pete Menefee told me that there was supposed to be a Ben-Hur number and he was supposed to do costumes and he was like, oh no, like a chariot race. It doesn't sound like get run over. <laughs> Isn't there a crucifixion? Right. And then, and then uh, Star Wars had just come out. And so Don changed it to the space number. He goes, thank God, because those costumes are way more fun to design. But I'm, right. I just, am, I really am so curious how, where Don over overlap what he sees and then you take it and make it practical and also beautiful. The aesthetics have to work, the, the rigging, the stage, the, how it can accommodate all of these things. Well, that's, that was actually my, my forte in, in design is I know how I could move one scene to, to the next. Okay. And that was most, most important with Don because Don did not want to sit there and wait for a set change. You could do so my head in in every show that I did um you know in Jub especially Jubilee and the three shows at uh, the Lido in Paris is in my head is not so much the design it's the design is there, but I have to be able to go from scene one to scene two flawlessly. Uh, yeah, okay. Because Don, Don changed uh, 
go from one scene to another, you know, he'll only spend 30 seconds, you know, in a, in a set. And then, you know, he moves on, you know? Wow. Um, it was more so, not as much in Hello Hollywood, Hello, at least in the numbers that we did, the space and the uh, circus number, but I know in, in Jubilee, um, I mean, that, that's the Jubilee was a monster that I had to figure out how to get from one scene to another. And uh, you just can't close the curtain and change a seat. That's not the way Don works. So like just, within a tableau, like that's what you're saying. Cause yep. I just watched the video of Hello Hollywood yeah. Weekend. I found it. And it's so wonderful to see how the underground changes and now the living curtain comes down and it's like, mm -hmm. you're watching this. It, it's so bizarre. Like, it, like you don't really know what's up or down when one thing's coming up and down and they just disappear. And you're all of a sudden you're in a disco and you, now you're back underground with waterfalls. That is so genius. And I don't think, I don't think how many theaters could actually pull that off, have the budget or the space to do that, but also to have the creativity to, like you said, not a scene change and let's have a singer come out while we close the curtain and now we're somewhere else. It, it's right. magic how that worked. Exactly. That's the magic of uh, Don's shows, you know, um, and that was a that was an education that he, he gave us uh, about how, how to do shows that you just got to move from one to another. And um, um, it's I've, I've seen other designers who um, are very good designers but they can't conceptualize um, how to go from one scene to another. Yeah. They're, they're clueless. And I, I, I chuckle because I, I'm saying the audience doesn't want, is not gonna sit there and wait for you to, to uh, change scenes. The magic is creating the scene one after another. And yeah. uh, not everybody can do it. And I'm very proud that uh, uh, working on Hello, Hollywood, Hello, Jubilee, and the Lita show, that um, it's, it's an art that uh, I developed within myself. And I can, uh, I'm proud that I could just run a show um, from beginning to end. And there's, there's, there's some funny, funny, um, moments because I was able to do that in Jubilee I remember um, we were trying we were making the change from one scene of Titanic to the next it was very complicated was that one of your scenes then was you yeah. oh man <laughs> yeah and um, I had well I'll I'll tell another story of how our relate my relationship with Don developed but uh, we were I was in my head trying to figure this out. I had all the stage hands there. We had to make the change and stuff. And Don would be on the, you know, the God mic and said, ha, honey, how much longer? And I would say, uh, three minutes. And then all of a sudden he would come, the curtains down and he'd come up on stage with his hands on his hip. And he'd start laughing. Three minutes, honey, huh? Three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then walk off to the stage. Oh my, did he, cause I know there are all the stories about rehearsals of him saying, you're fat, get off my stage. You should all be yeah. flushed on the toilet. And I heard he, I don't think he talked to 
costume designers that way, but did you guys have to have the wrath of Dawn if things weren't going how he wanted or that's hard to be patient when you're creating something this massive? Uh, well, there was, there was an incident um, in uh, Hello Hollywood, Hello. We were all staying at the Pioneer Inn because the hotel wasn't finished, um, which is like a little motel. Nice. We liked it. And I think it was Tom Hansen's birthday party or something like that. And we're all, it was like Tom Hansen, Bill DeAngelis, Don, me, Keaton. And we're all at the table and Don had, you know, his typical number of drinks. And he just started laying into me about, oh, those goddamn circus wagons. I could have had, you know, five Rolls Royces you know, they keep on breaking down and it was like he was blaming me. Now, you got to understand, this is my first show. I'm all by myself because uh, the designer is not there. I'm 27 and I, I got really upset and I left the table. I went up to my room and I started to pack. I'm leaving. I don't need this. I don't take yes. this from anyone. And Keaton came up to me and came to my room and said, listen, you got to go down, stand up, stand your own ground. He said, otherwise, you know, you're not going to make it in this, in this business. And I said, well, Keaton, you know, let me think about it. And thought about it for a while. I went downstairs. <clears throat> They're still at the table. I stand up and I said to him and I pointed, I said, don't you ever, ever say that to me again. If you want to complain about something, complain to the designer, but I'm just the assistant right now. And I walked up. <gasps> Good for you. How did he react? The next I don't think day, that many people stood up to him. The next day, you know, because we have a production table. Yeah. And um, my friend John McLean, who was the lighting fitter, sitting there. I sit at my far end of the table. Don's at the other end of the table. And then Don comes over to me and says, honey, let's have dinner. I could not get rid of that. <laughs> I was his fair-haired boy. Really? stay on. And then obviously, you know, because I did Jubilee, and then Don calls me up, he says, Honey, I want to take you to Paris and stuff. That's what it took. To stand Just, up to him. Yep. Oh my yep. gosh. Okay, so <laughs> I'm still, this is so amazing because, you know, I think a lot of people wish they'd submit dancers like you can be replaced. You know, we'll get another dancer. You can't say I'm going to get another designer right now. So when you're dividing this up, I don't know, was it divided in two design, two teams or three teams of like who did opening and who did? What was the other thing? San Francisco, San Francisco. So it was like first half and second half. Was space in the second half? Yeah. Uh, Two intermissions. And there's like three, four tableaus. Yeah. Opening San Francisco space and then circus circus finale. So it was divided. So were you each have, because Pete said he only did the costumes for the ones that you, you did. And Bill Campbell did costumes. Right. So did you have, did you all meet separately of cost, like how were you telling Pete for designs? Cause he said he had to submit them to Don, but how did that work with you with costumes and the, who's building the sets and 
Like how far down do you reach with your team as far as responsibility and communication? Oh, that, I mean, it's a lot of communication because we all work together on other projects together. So, okay. yeah, it wasn't, uh, and we're all in Los Angeles. So um, uh, that, that was easy because we've, we were constantly in communication because we knew, we knew the size and we knew the difficulty because of, of splitting it up that way that, um, no, there, there was, there was no, no issue. In fact, it, it worked out quite smoothly as well, as much as I can remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas, uh, um, the two designers and the, you know, and I was, um, very close to Keaton. So, um, and we were sort of like in charge of the theater and we worked for both the designers. So we were able to, uh, uh, communicate uh, constantly. No, there was there wasn't ever ever an issue. Um, actually, it, it went quite well. So when Don says, "I want a living curtain, I want some water, I kind of want a space number," you create all this, and then do you come back with visuals for him? And then did he say, "I don't like this," or "I like it," or yeah, okay? And then you just have to throw a few things out and start over. Or he liked what you gave him. Yeah. I don't remember too much of um, what he didn't didn't like or didn't uh, understand. Um, I don't remember us really going and starting over again. Now, I I might be just blocking that out. <laughs> <laughs> you know we do you went to dinner yeah. with him and you forgot all that <laughs> right um i mean i th i'll tell you like oh, i was telling the story about you know how don and i got close to each other uh that uh, uh the biggest issue that we had was the circus wagons uh jesus those things kept on breaking down what uh, were they on were they on a was it were in the stage? They weren't on wheels, or were they? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. somebody's they, driving them. But it, was it like a program thing, or were they actually in control of where they were going? No, no, they they had stage hands were driving them. Okay. You know, they were. Uh, I would. They weren't modified golf carts because they were much larger than a golf cart. Yeah. You know, that that would have been easy, but uh, no, they. Uh, um, they were all made from scratch, you know. Um, now that I think of it, we should, probably should have had someone from uh, Fiesta Floats for the Rose Parade build these. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't think we ever thought of that. But uh, that was our biggest issue. Was um, um, they were at the beginning? They were finally they did. Um, um, work out quite well. But again, that theater, a lot of things, you know, constant, not constantly, but uh, failed. And I don't know, um, I think it was just because it was, it was brand new um, and it wasn't finished. I mean, we had problems with the elevators not working. Um, 
and we had the staircase in the Brian staircase at the opening had issues, big issues, because you know it all transfers and yeah. changed. Oh God. Um didn't it? I think it was Frank Coombs was saying they they came together and they had to like either click and there was light lighting unit inside and the, way more to that system than I ever knew. I just was scared oh, of going yeah. down it, but it was like not realizing how much to how about like when yeah. the waterfalls, like things to work, like now you're going to have, a ma- I don't know how many gallons, somebody told me how many gallons of water was going oh. through those. Well, the, huge. The funny thing, the funny thing about the, the waterfall was I remember opening night. Uh, we're sitting there with uh, Don and Bill DeAngelis and me and I think, uh, and uh, um John McLean, the lighting designer, and we know, of course, we know the cue for the water to gush down and stuff like that. And the cue is called, and it's trickle, trickle, trickle. Oh, no. <laughs> what the hell? Oh. And of course, Bill DeAngelis uh, got fuming, and he went right backstage. And what the hell is going on? Well, we t- found out that. When we cue the waterfall, it's the same time that they do laundry. I was going to jokingly say that. <laughs> or somebody flushed the toilet. The true thing. Really? So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so the next day we had to coordinate when they did laundry and when we did the waterfall. I don't, th- I don't think anybody's realized that. Oh my gosh, that's such a massive show. That's just such a funny, a funny contrast. I'm thinking two girls are taking a shower and flush the toilet or something and they didn't work. So did it work the next night? So opening night was a little less spectacular than they'd hoped. Yeah, I mean, no, it was fine. They just had, tell them, all right, you can't do laundry at uh, 9.45. (laughs) That might need to be the title of your episode. (laughs) So... Did this, I can't remember. Did Hello Hollywood open on time or did they delay? I feel like there was some delay. I'm getting, because I, I want to go to Jubilee next too, um, because I know that with the fire, I'm curious of how right. that affected your team. No, I think as far as I know, um, they're on Hollywood, track. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they're probably the hotel, the hotel, I think the hotel uh wasn't ready um but i know we were we were up and running we were up and running uh we were just delayed at the beginning when you know we didn't have a roof or you know something like that but i don't i don't recall uh, uh a delay in that okay so then did did don scoop you up because jubilee was okay i went into hello hollywood and there was the fire happened somewhere between the opening of Hello Hollywood and when I came in, because I know that there was dancers that were supposed to be in Jubilee that, that they brought up to Hello Hollywood to keep them working. Mm-hmm. So that was like 1980. And I don't know how long it was, it was delayed for several months, but where, where were you in this? So he scoops you up and you must've had to start right on that. Right. If Hello Hollywood. Yeah. I think open I, and you had to go right into Jubilee because there wasn't much time in between those. No. No, there was a, there was a little bit of a vacation, but not much. 
not much. And we, we started Ghibli in that case. Uh, it was just one designer. And then I became the associate designer uh, on that. Um, and uh, that, was, that was different in the sense that we had a little bit more control because Bill DeAngelis uh, decided to build a shop to do, to do all the scenery, to build the scenery. Um, not all the scenery, but basically all the floor, floor scenery stuff. You know, and drops were uh, done elsewhere, but which made a lot of sense because everything fit perfectly and um, it was on time. Everything was on time. I have a question about that too, because Hallelujah Hollywood had been there before. They, did they just gut out the stage area and put new things or did, because now you know you've probably got elevators that are already there because Hello Hollywood, everything had to be. Right. From the start, how much from Hallelujah Hollywood could even be used as far as even, you know, I'm assuming fly rail and things like that. But I'm just curious if you've got something to start with, is that easier or harder? Uh, it's, it's harder because um, right now I'm, I'm working with Royal Caribbean on a new ship that's being built in Finland and I'm having to design something and I can't see what the ship is going to be or if I'm going to have everything they promise I'm going to yeah. have. Yes, it is harder because like on uh, Hello Hollywood, Hello, um, we knew the square footage, but in certain cases, you know, like the, in San Francisco, those, the San Francisco trees that Brian did, beautiful, but they were too heavy. And we had to change some of the rails, the fly rails to accommodate the, uh, the weight of them. So um, with, on, but as far as Jubilee, having the physical plant there makes it easy because you already know um, where your potential problems might be mm. and stuff. And you have the physical, you're not waiting for the fly rail to guys to come in and build it and stuff like that. You know where everything is, front lines and stuff like that. The only problem with Jubilee, problem but the, with jubilee is you you want to you want to keep this sh a short amount of time that the theater is dark so in other words what you try to do is you try to anticipate and start putting in some of the new scenery and not in the show the existing show but um like we took some of um Hallelujah, out of the show and got rid of it and put our stuff in storage on the stage. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah we, yeah, we slowly dismantled a little bit of Hallelujah in order for us to get a jump on Jubilee. Okay, so my question now is, does Don come to you and says, honey, I want a Samson and Delilah and a sinking in the Titanic. Make it work. I mean, like, 
Because I, one of the dancers I interviewed, she's so funny because she she watched it before she went into the show. She's like, I don't get it. Am I? Is it because I'm blonde? I don't understand the the storyline. And someone goes, There is none. Because she could not like, how do you get Titanic and Samson Delilah? If you're trying to make that a storyline, like you you have to let that go. And I love that with Dawn, you're here, you're in space. Forget that. Now now you're in San Francisco or like Samson Delilah. That's over. Let that go. You're somewhere else. There's no thread. But how did right. he propose that? And how much did you guys go? Oh, yeah, this sounds fun. Or this sounds like, wow, sink the Titanic. Well, um, I'm Jubilee, a lot of it was bits and pieces he had done before. I think. In, I think he uh, did Samson Delilah at the Dunes or something. No, the Titanic, well, he, I think. Titanic because Fluff was the widow. I just heard that recently. She's like the drunk woman down in the boiler room yes. or something. I wish there's, I would love to see video of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see what, because I think that, I think you said, yeah, the dunes, you know, because uh, thank God we didn't have to do the Hindenburg that he did at the, the dunes, oh but uh, uh, he was, he was master of doing a, a state show of any disaster. He was so there's always a disaster in every one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Makes Hollywood movies kind of a theme. Right. But on, uh, on Ghibli, like, um, he, we came up with the, the, uh, uh, the opening set with uh, different levels and stuff because it was a salute to Hollywood and he did flickers where, um, uh, we just did these little vignettes and uh, he wanted to do like um, uh, jazz, not jazz, but uh, uh, New Orleans, you know, yeah, number and, you know, salute to Judy, always a salute to Judy. And then, you know, the singers part and stuff like that. So and then a disco part. So it was it was very loose, loose but I think it was bits and pieces that he's done you know, over the number of years before. Um, and we just sort of like put it into um, uh, uh, a, a number, a show. Um, and Samson Delilah, I mean, you got you got the story, what do you, you just put it in the effects, you know, the okay. bull, the pyro collapsing, I don't know. Um, Titanic, I know that uh, Titanic um, was interesting because he had he had a vision of what Titanic was at, I guess, the Dooms or mm -hmm. one of them. And um, I took it, because I'm in charge of Titanic, I took it a little bit more extravagant, uh, which he just loved, which was, you know, with knowing the elevators and when you have the if you want to call it the ballroom of the titanic and we transition into the boiler room which was uh, um i said well what we'll do is and they did never had a water effect in uh that theater and i knew that the elevators two and three had uh, space underneath you could go above stage so I said let's put the ballroom on the elevator and then let's take the ballroom up above stage level and do the uh, 
uh, boiler room down there and do a water effect. Although I wanted the, the widow to go through the water, but of course, you know, because <laughs> night. Night. Pete will complain, well, the one, you know, the dress will get wet. Mm. So, so. <laughs> is that, is it like shooting water? I've seen the show, but it's been a long time. In the boiler room, is that where the water effect is? It's kind of like the leaking is like shooting. Right. Well, that's, yeah, or it's, it's not, it's you're like, not sinking. It's not raising up on the stage. There's water. I'm trying to remember what the water effect was. It's all self, yeah. It's all self-contained in the, in the uh, boiler room. Yeah. In the lower part of the elevator. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's all self-contained when it hits the iceberg and, uh, and then, uh, and then it goes down. Then it re then I had rigged up these, um, icebergs to mask it going down and uh, Louis Bradfield who I understand just recently passed away um, he's a genius um, he figured out how to do half the Titanic on a track to give the illusion that sinking. yes and it's actually going on the track as the elevator is going down I mean it, it was it was brilliant uh, uh, to do it, but uh, <clears throat> and then the finale went through a series of changes. We had uh, uh, we had the waltz number um, where we had um, again, you know, beautifully flowered trees, um, and then I think Brian came in. He put, did the top hat. Um, that was a transition when. Uh, after Don passed away, it went a couple of numbers that made some changes. Um, they brought Brian in to do the finale, and and then um, Bally's. Um, God, I can't remember that uh, is the uh, entertainment's name um, who brought me in to redo the opening. Um, which was, which is interesting for me is I had an idea of, I wanted to do um, where the dancers are actually performing in the basement and there's this big ass mirror that comes up that reflects them dancing in the basement as they come up. Now, that is an idea that I had that I was with Don one afternoon we were talking about it and I told him this is what I'd like to do and he said honey I love it you know <laughs> and what's funny you know Don passed away and when they hired me uh to do this and I said all right I have the new opening for you it's already been blessed by Don and we've gone through it so you gotta let me do it and they did is this somebody was telling me this about the first time she is this where it comes up and the bluebells are coming up and over the stairs yep. she just said that most people say that's the part that blew them away because you don't know where it's coming from and it comes right. at you in a way that's not like you're just watching something on the stage it was like it broke a dimension that freaked people's brains out in a way maybe it was the mirror but people yeah. talk about that of the effect people lean yeah. back they're just like oh and they, you know, you're, you can see the elevator things and some, but that somehow that scene is the one that people, the first time they see the show, that's the one that impacted them. Like this is beyond stage. It, throw, it throws them off because I have the mirror reflecting the audience. So they're seeing 
themselves and the bluebells in the basement performing. Yes, it does. Oh, I've, I've seen that. I, I was, it's hard to find video. Jubilee does not. There, and those, I know there's bootleg. I have Hello Hollywood. There's tons of stuff of the Lido all over YouTube, but Jubilee, I don't know if they just kept that locked away, but I would love, I would just love to see that, that number because I remember watching it on someone's bootleg, I won't say who, and going, this is amazing. Even on, on video, I'm sure in the audience, it would be, even back, you know, like we have so many things we're exposed to now. I still think some of this stuff would stand the test of time and still blow people away. All the projections and things that people have now. And the, and the thing is that um, with, with Jubilee, oh, it just kills me that um, it was bastardized by someone. Oh, there's many dancers that just, it's heartbreaking and they're oh. so pissed off of what was taken, what was so good that was ba- bastardized is the best word. And yeah. no understanding of what came before it and why you don't mess with things take a few things and change them but it sounds like they just uh yeah well yeah and the thing is you know they say well it wasn't bringing in the money because all the the show and i said you know the the bankers that run these hotels and stuff really should be out of the the show business because i said when they were talking about closing and i said they don't realize you know unless i'm old-fashioned but I said, they don't realize what they have here. They need to, oh, this is, was my idea that uh, Jubilee, when you, you know, go on the queue line and stuff and you start to go up the steps and stuff, you should go through like a very small museum that has, you know, the costumes that has video of, of how it was, how Jubilee was made, how it was, you know, put together and stuff before you you get into the theater itself so it's like an education of of how the old time showgirl shows were done oh oh man i think it could have had a long life yeah now like they have i they've added new showgirl statues and I think that the neo ones in there, but the only showgirls down there now are the ones in their tennis shoes selling their pick. You know, it's just horrific. Yeah. Like that's not a showgirl, but they still have the icon without much understanding. And you ask people what a showgirl that go to Vegas now, they have no clue except for that. No. So did did the fire affect where you were in your progress, or had you pretty much done everything you oh. were going to do, or like how did that affect where you were? I mean, I know it's super sad for loss of life and loss of everything. The sad thing was um, the night of the fire or the night before the fire. um, I had teched the show from beginning to end. Flawlessly, it moved. We were so excited. It is finished. It is finished. We ran without having ever to stop. And so basically we said, all right, we're going to turn it over to um, lighting. Time for you to come in because we're finished. We ran it. It was tech. How close was that to when it was supposed to open? 
How far were you guys from the actual? Because if you're still not know. at lighting, it's still more time. I think we were on schedule and stuff. Um, yeah. We weren't uh, running late and stuff, but uh, the fact was, was, wow, can't believe it. We ran the whole thing without ever having to stop. And I had stayed up for like three, three days solid. And uh, I mean, I was really, you know, pushing it. And I remember Bill DeAngelo said to me, uh, you know, I want you to go upstairs to my office. There's a couch there, lay down. I don't want you driving because I had an apartment there. And I said, no, Bill, I got to go. You know, um, I'm taking off tomorrow. Um, Ray Clawson's going to come in and take over, but uh, I'm going to leave. And um, I got a phone call from uh, Ray Clawson. And he said, uh, he woke me up and he said, the, the hotel's gone. And I said, this, that's not funny. I said, I haven't slept for three days. And I looked out from my apartment. I could see the smoke. And I'm saying, oh, God. Oh. Oh. So, I mean, then it was just, um, uh, I remember Pete Menifee, I picked up, took him to my apartment to change. Um, um, and then uh, some other people came by because I had the apartment and um, John McClain, who was a very good friend of mine, uh, I couldn't find. I figured he was, you know, might be one of the people that were lost. And uh, I went to the convention center and you'd see the buses come in from the people that they were saving from the hotel. And I finally found him. That was a relief. And of course, I'm sure you heard the story that uh, Don and Bluebell, you know, just climbed down the ladder. Of course, she had her big coat. <laughs> Weren't they just and they like a floor? Den- and they went to Denny's. Really? Oh my yeah. gosh. Because Pete, Pete has a very harrowing story about being trapped like right. in the hallway and it's horrible and losing Terry. But I know yeah. Bluebell and Don were a floor upper. They were on a floor that didn't get as much, like, because they had so much smoke on his. So I don't know where they were in relationship, but that they got out. But I think it was like that, but you're saying of not really knowing until all the information comes in of what's actually really happened. Right. Right. So then they find out, like, that. I know a lot of costumes were ruined from the smoke. I don't know if anything burnt, but, and then the sprinklers, I think, water damage. Did sets or anything else get ruined? Well, after, after the um, um, the hotel was released back to MGM, um, Bill Giangelis took me to take a look at it, and I remember going in the back, and of course there was no electricity, but they had a couple of emergency lights going and stuff, and you walked into the stage and it was you know there was no fire and it didn't look that bad and then we walked you know through through the uh, audience out to the casino and that's where it just hit me because I just saw puddles of metal of slot machines that just melted and I looked up and I could see the sky 
this is in the casino. And I said to myself, uh, I said to Bill, I said, you know, if anybody told me I need for you to design um, a tragic hotel, a tragic fire in a casino, and I showed and I gave them this, they'd say, oh, this is, it would never look like this. I mean, it was just, oh. it's just puddles of metal um, from the slot machines. And then uh, we walked down a couple of steps to the basement. The basement was flooded with water. Of course, there was a lot of um, oil and stuff and hydraulic fluid um, that uh, damaged uh, the uh, costumes. But although they were very clever, I think Bill DeAngelis bought the costumes for a dollar each. And like the boys' uh, tails, white tails, you could just cut the tails off the rest of the was fine and just put new tails on. So there's, there's a lot of stories afterwards because then I went home, came back and I started commuting. I mean, I had to rebuild uh, Jubilee by, my, by myself uh, that summer. Um, and that was, that was difficult, you know, starting, starting all over. Again. Starting, yeah, especially when you had such a good- When it was finished. Tech. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, there's so much heartbreak in that story. I just like of all the work and the right. setback. And I, some dancers got sent to other places. Some never came back. You know, it's tra traumatizing. And some people just came back. So now I want to guess Paris as far as I'm trying to guess what comes first. Did you do Coco Rico or Panache? Panache. Okay. You did two at the Lido. What was the other one? Uh, did Panache, Saint Magique, and okay. Bravissimo. Oh, so you did three. Okay. Because those don't run anywhere near as long as nothing has run like jubilee so those are those are what five years they're kind of designed to only be five years it's also not that magnitude stage of sets and everything because i went on the lido stage and i kept thinking this is so little because mm -hmm. i had done hello but they're they're great of how they use the depth and right. i've only seen the the new show that just closed I've, I've seen video of the other one but i love panache and some people say they think that was Don's best. I don't know if you have an, an opinion on that, but it, I had, I didn't see the other. Um, well, I, well, I guess I saw Coco Rico because I was there for for meetings and stuff. But um, it was I thought it was one of Don's Don's best because um, um, what's interesting is then I had a I had a share that one I had. A, share with uh, an Italian designer because um, uh, that was that was always the, with the uh, with Alito was two two designers so Panache was was me and an Italian designer but the Italian designer did the opening and the Egyptian I did the Polynesian and the finale but um, after everything was assigned and designed, all of a sudden, that, not the last minute, but Don said, honey, I want, I want a big sign that says Panache. And I said, okay. <laughs> so, so now, now I got to find room because everything's been basically allotted. And uh, uh, I found a place, I found a dude, I found a way to do a Big enough letters panache that folded and go 
go down into the into the elevator. Um, it was. Uh, does it come uh, down onto the stage? Because I've seen it because no. I, I know the girls that were the, the panache girls that got to sit on it. And I never, but right. I can't remember if it came up or it came down. It came up. It came, it came up. up. Okay. And then, yeah. And then the P and the E fanned out. So, okay. Came, yeah. This will be fun for them to hear this too, because like the, the workings that are going on. So, did Don have much just of what the idea he wanted? Because that one, is there a disaster? What's the disaster in that one? Um, oh, that one <laughs> we did, this is funny. Um, we, well, at the Lido, you always have to have a water effect. So we had, um, oh God, no, I gotta figure this out. Um, first, what it was, he had this uh, artist, Laurence. Laurence was yes. the rope act. And during pre-production, Don said to me, well, you know, Laurence is going to do this rope. I don't know how to get rid of her. <laughs> and I said, well, what we could do, Don, is because uh, I said, we could, put her, we could put the whole scene under C. And he said, all right, honey. Yeah, what? And I said, then uh, I know there's some tracks at the Lido and we'll have the fishermen come in these boats, in this boat, and they will come down and this diver will come down and they will take Laurence like the catch of the day and take her up to the boat. And then, oh, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, Don and I most, mostly got our, our good ideas while we were drinking. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Was it probably just like kind of this throwing stuff out and see what happens? And you yeah. could throw the most ridiculous and it might actually be yes. Yeah, just throw and see if it sticks. Let's see. How about if we have a volcano on the stage? We throw a maiden into it. Oh, my gosh. Well, see, well, then, yeah. Then what happened is once we got Laurence up into the boat, then, then there's a rumble and we have the uh, uh, waterfall. And after the waterfall, then we have the um, uh, volcano. I've so, seen yeah, video of the know. volcano. Yes. <laughs> right. So there, yeah, that, that was a disaster. <laughs> that was, yeah. I was at the Lido um, in April and I got a backstage tour, which is fabulous. But to go down there and see, they have a fountain scene or the show now is closed, but to see where the girls, and they just say it's most unglamorous because they're standing in their unitards in the water waiting to go up. But, and then to see the chandelier that goes, it's just, it's just really cool to see like there, and I didn't even see the ice rink because there always was an ice rink there. It wasn't there right. when I was there, but like, and it, one thing slides in, another thing slides out. It's just because yeah, when the audience, because, they have yeah. no idea where does this stuff go? Like, where did yeah. this pool come from? Where did this ice rink come from? Yeah, the uh, uh, Giorgio Davecchio was the mastermind of, uh, and he did he did a lot of design a lot of the shows, but he was the mastermind of all the uh, mechanics in that theater because like you said the uh, the pool and then you have the um, on one shelf you have just the dance floor and then another shelf you have the ice that slides over and um, and then you have the well they call it the the three-ton elevator that goes up because yeah all the scenery is um 
in different levels, I call it the apartment building. Oh, you know? okay, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just uh, amazing the mechanics and, and stuff. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the, on Panache, oh, Panache, uh, he had me do the ice number. I mean, yeah. And which I always thought was hysterical because, you know, it was the, the skiing, the winter scene for the skaters and stuff. And it just, <laughs> I just started cracking up because all of a sudden, you know, the, the, uh, the tall nudes come out to Christmas carols. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw one. I don't think they were on ice skates though, but they had... Uh, earmuffs and mittens and a coat and a g-string and nothing on, I go did your mother let you go out in the snow without your pants right like nobody's being practical or or topless on ice is just cruel <laughs> it's just cruel <laughs> well yeah but then but then you have the, the tall nudes coming out to I'm dreaming of and I'm saying Don please <laughs> oh, you know? so... yeah oh my gosh because he was very tasteful I mean I think a lot of things he did with 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 the nudes, but there's that, that one seems a little tricky. How was that doing? Cause that, that stage is considerably smaller, right? but if you've got a volcano and then I saw in Bonaire was like this temple thing. I'm like, where did, where does that go? Because there's not, I don't think they have that big of a backstage area. Cause that's where all the costumes are. I'm no, just wondering no. if that was harder for you. Everything is above or below. It's right. Uh, in Bonaire, um, everything goes up to there's, there's three levels above stage. So okay. the back three ton elevator will go up to get, they'll go um, the number one floor, number two floor to pick up this, number three to pick up this. And it's, it's all figured out what level they're stored on that there's enough time to bring it down. But usually it's like floor has, um, the fourth floor has all the finale stuff and stuff like that. So again, it's like the, the main, main job is figuring out the traffic. There's a lot, a lot yeah. of traffic because there's no wing space, you know? Yeah. It, oh yeah. That's tiny. You know, if you're dancing, you just go off and you hit a wall. Just, yeah. Somebody was talking about hello, Hollywood. Hello. Before the, the sets were in, they'd also had the whole area off on stage, right. Where all the sets would go. And there was right. no wings yet. So they would go across the floor doing step kick. And she said it would take them three minutes to get across <laughs> the stage. And I was like, oh, that, because I think if people haven't seen it, it's really hard to comprehend that there was an airplane that stayed on the stage. It didn't go anywhere. Right. And then all the other sets were there. Like, and because I went and saw the show or the stage and this, the airplane's still there. And it doesn't the even look that big. There. It doesn't look that big because the stage is so enormous. So I think the Lido it's probably a normal side stage, but after you've seen Jubilee and Hello Hollywood, then, then it must be harder to wrap yeah. your head. So for the other shows, was did were those all Don? Because was Don's last show Panache or no? No, it was Panache was uh, his last show. And I remember um, we got together uh, at one time. He, he was talking about uh, doing, doing um, the next show after Panache, because I remember I had a meeting with him and it was, oh God. And it was funny because we had a couple of meetings with Jimmy Harbert 
you know, did the music. And, uh, and he said to me, uh, honey, I'm, I want to do French cooking. I said, okay, what do you want to do? He said, well, uh, I'm going to have the boy dancers come out and they're going to have uh, this, you're going to have for me a ki kitchen set up. And then I'm going to have uh, my lead dancer come out and they're going to take the lead dance, uh, dancer and they're going to put her in the oven for the, <laughs> for, <laughs> for the dish of today. And I said, Don, Don, you can't do that. What do you mean, honey? Why can't I do that? I said, we're in France. Germany's very close. Oh, you oh, you, oh. You can't put people in ovens. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Honey, I think you're right. All right. So we'll have a big saucepan and we'll just have a ride around. <laughs> That's a true story. Oh my gosh. So he, okay, this is so interesting because you have to kind of rein it into what works. But he's, I know, I know from what I've heard of him, he was great at moving people, like the way, oh, you know, master. all the staging is like, where did they come from? Because it, we were already 150 people and it can make it look like 300 because the way it moved and people were going on and off and you think right. one group's left and somebody's coming up the back. But was he, was he more conceptual or the ideas he needed a little bit of fine tuning or reining in or... Oh, no, they didn't need to fine tuning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so he was just kind of rough with his ideas, and you guys were the ones that really made it the, the artful thing that worked. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to tell me. You don't Not to take away from in... his imagination. but You don't put people in ovens. Right, yeah. You need someone to, to squash that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put, I put that down right away. But uh, no, and that, that was the one thing that when I did, when I was working on uh, Hello, Hollywood, when I first saw him work, is I was just amazed how, all right, so you had numbers on. Oops. Oh, I'm still here. I still hear you. Oh, yeah. No, it said battery low. Let me uh -oh. see if I plug this <laughs> in. Hold on. Um, Hold on. Oops. Wrong I was uh, just amazed. Yes, you know, you guys had numbers on, color, and stuff like that. But he, for some, his mind, the way it worked, that he knew how to move people. Yeah. Um, I think that's the thing that he's probably the most known for is that magic. Yeah, and because I've worked with other directors, choreographers, and stuff like that, and I mean they're good, definitely they're good, but um, they're not like the master. He was the master of that. Yeah, yeah, that was his thing. So you are still doing design. Is that what you're still doing? You said you're doing real Caribbean. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you're doing the same thing as a concept, and they approach you. Do you have people that pretty that come with it pretty much like this is what I want, make it work? Or do you how much creative freedom is it dependent on director, producer of how much you get to have say, or or some of them are kind of like Don, like here's here's a rough thing, make it make it a story. It's it's different and, and different people. Um I work with um I do the 
all the ice shows for Royal, Royal Caribbean. And I worked with uh, Willie Bitek as the producer and Sarah Kawahara, she's the director choreographer. Um, we, God, we've worked together for 40 years. Um, we, don't, we don't have to collaborate. We just know. Oh, really? Huh. Uh, we work so well together. It's, it's uh, frightening. But uh, in that case, um, we all get together. Uh, Pete did, uh, used to do a lot of the costumes for those shows. Um, we get together and we're given a, possibly a concept from Royal Caribbean, from Nick Weir. And then we develop it and I'll design it and uh, Sarah will be start pulling out music and stuff like that. And um, uh, different costume designers uh, start sketching it out. Now, I also do um, the Aqua show for them. And in that case, Nick Weir, who is the senior, um, senior vice president of entertainment, he's basically the producer. And he, again, you work with him. Um, so you're working with a number of different people within the org organization, mm. um, but you're basically doing doing it the same. They're not they're not as big as you know Don shows. So, but uh, again, you're you're still you're still operating and creating the same way. Yeah. So as we're gonna wrap up, this is this has been one of the most fascinating interviews because I just love. Oh, you say that to everyone. We, well, there, there are different, there's different things that are fascinating, but this is just this whole thing of these big shows were only around for a certain amount of time. Right. And they were so magical. And there's things that I just showed up like, oh, there's water. I mean, I was amazed. There's an airplane and water. And I thought it was so cool. But it is interesting to hear all that goes into that. Because, you know, if Dawn had been turned loose, who knows what we've been doing on the stage. But how... how yeah, I know, like, I think I've seen award shows on your website, like you, you're doing a lot of big concept things. So I think that that's just really, you know, the people that have this big vision and that can take a huge production and make it work and make sense and not just be yeah. a bunch yeah. of just stuff. No, and I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, so um, you get to still play, you get to be an adult that still gets to play and use your imagination. That's just it. That's just it. And it's like uh, I told someone, I said, I'll never retire. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm playing. I'm not, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I've never worked in my life. Love you know? that. I love that. Yeah. So, so my question um, is now that the Lido in Paris is closed and I've talked to people like, well, that can't happen. It's part of Paris. It's like the yeah. Eiffel Tower. And, but shows are, you know, people are, is the cabaret going away? Maybe at the magnitude of what Don did. But the cruise ships seem to be doing really well. And the standard is pretty high. Yeah. I just went out on Crystal Cruises and those dancers are working their butts off. They did like five shows in the seven days I was there. And wow. each one was different. It was a different theme. But the expectation's high because I worked on uh, Norwegian Caribbean in the 80s. And it was a small dance floor. There was only six in the cast. Right. Our dressing room was the, the Pac-Man machine with a sheet in front of it. It was not. And I went on, on uh, Norwegian a few years ago and I saw what they have. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like the, like aerial yep. work and green room and all the things that we didn't have, but also people can choose between five restaurants for dinner. So the expectation right. is pretty darn high, but right. people are still doing cruises and they still go see the shows. 
Do you mm-hmm. see something like what Paris had? Or I mean, I don't know Vegas if things would come back. Do you see what what is that seem possible or what it would need to be to attract this younger generation? Because the older ones didn't like that things changed so much. You know, like they talk about the Lido, the changes didn't they didn't like, and how do you get the new generation? It's, well, it's. I think it's unfortunate. I don't think the the uh, old Lido shows type shows will come back um, yeah. for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, I don't. I don't know if any visionary that right. can do what Don did. Yeah. Um, that I mean. Don's mind was, you know, just wild. And I've worked with some great producers and directors and choreographers. But what's interesting is, you know, sometimes I will say something to, uh, I just, I I worked recently with this one uh, director and I suggested, well, what if you do this and have people over here and over here and it was sort of like I was taking what Don had told me and I was tel- helping him. And he was receptive. He said, oh, I like that. That's great. Uh, uh, think way outside that was, that the was box. actually on one of the, the cruise ships. And I feel, yeah, that was something that Don did that uh, I don't think those shows have come back. We have become so inundated with um, technology and... Uh, it's like someone said uh, the problem um, with the, the Lido after, um, well, um, Pierre Rambert did Bonaire, right? Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. And then the next one was Paris Bervais with uh, Franco Dragon. Right. Who they say he killed the Lido. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of strong opinions on that one. <laughs> yeah. But see, they, I didn't see it, but they said it was, well, number one, uh, let's, let's say vis- visually, um, it was not stimulating because you didn't have, it was all vid- a lot of video, mm-hmm. the video walls and stuff. And I think that's, um, that's what's happening with some of these shows. And they're good shows, but... Um, you can't get, you can't get excitement from a video. It's, and, it's yeah. my feeling. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful and stuff, yeah. but you don't have that physical, you gotta, somehow you're going to have to learn to do, to have video and something physical to, uh, to create that dimension and excitement. Um, but uh, you look at Vegas. You're in Vegas, aren't you? No, I'm up in Seattle. I'm going to be heading to oh, Vegas in, okay. in that end of the month. But I've heard some shows I've been told, don't go. It'll make you cry. You'll be so sad. And then there's some things, if I want to see something that's reminiscent of that, I've heard there's a few, but they, I've heard a few say, don't go. It'll just make you so sad. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I think it's because I was actually... Uh, a good part of my uh, education and design and stuff was brought up in television and uh, the variety show. Yeah, and that's what want, made me want to be a dancer. 
right. those variety shows. <laughs> and variety died. And sad to say, I think that's what happened to the showgirl shows. Yeah. I, I uh. think, um, I, I, I don't think the, they, they won't come back. And I think it's, it's sad, but maybe there's something else coming up in the horizon. Yeah, I, so I think I have my feathers here. I have a, a show, A Night in Paris. We have the showgirl thing. So for Seattle, they've never seen this much sparkle in one room and they just go, oh. but I mean, it's, it's not a production that way. It's got a little bit more of a theme, but ours is very small scale. Um, but there's a, a gentleman who was part of the Lido. Then he was up in management right before it closed. Um, Jeremy Boucher and him and his husband have a, oh. um, he's a, a, one does costumes one. And so they're doing more like event things. And he's, he's just so good because he, he has such an appreciation for history, but his creations, his costumes look very now, but it has the showgirl look. So he's somehow, it's not like he's trying to merge it. I think it's just his appreciation for both is so beautiful. So mm-hmm. they're doing, I just don't say Gabbana, can't say it right. They, they're doing some event kind of thing. So it's bringing the glamour. Right. So it might not be like a full scale show, but I'm seeing some of these really talented people in that cast that are, and they're bringing it forward without trying to like resuscitate it. <laughs> it's like that right. might just need to go, but there are some things we can take from that are beautiful without trying to like salvage bits and pieces of it. I know it feels like there's an honoring of the way they're doing entertainment. And like, it is that, that I saw though currently Leto four times. I liked the projections for part of it, but I understand because then they brought back a, a tableau that was, a, um, so some of the, the shows that you did, they had, um, Ali Lita was in there, Panache. Oh, right. And they're in the, this 15 minute tribute. The audience right. went nuts because there's one costume that is from Ali Lita. I think of the yellow, costume that takes up the whole room the boys are holding one in like there's yellow boas that come off of her and it just oh, fills yeah. up the stage and it looks so huge and the, and i got emotional it was just like the audience loves that and then the showgirl costumes they have in the current show were pretty but they looked really like nothing after after you saw this yeah. 80s stuff so even though what they had was pretty it just when you saw the contrast like i think maybe if they could have done that a lot of people say that if they could have had that that retrospective in within the show to kind of show both together. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe it was just the end. This is something we have to look things go away and then come something else will emerge. Well, I think, yeah, it's along the lines of what I was saying, how they could have saved Jubilee is uh, bring you bring people through. Like I think that's a great idea. Museum yeah. That you appreciate what you're eventually going to see because yeah. now the audiences are so um, educated with the technology and stuff like that. They want more and more and more. But, you know, I'll probably correct myself and says maybe someone can really go back and, like you said, like uh, that 50, I saw that 15 uh, uh, minute uh, retrospect. Uh, Maybe if someone tries to take a um, show and do a showgirl show, but in the nostalgic way, yeah, it could work and have a contrast of the technology. Yes, you could you could do something that could you know knock their socks off. 
but finding someone that has the ability to do that, uh, let alone the money. The budget, yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I'm going to be in Vegas for a couple of days and I want to go, I've been to the Shoker Museum, that's Grant Filippo's, but I want to go to the Nevada State Museum, which has the Follies Bergere costume collection. I just interviewed Karen Fetter. I want to go to the, the neon graveyard. Like there's something, maybe mm-hmm. it's just those of us who feel connected. I don't know if young people want care. Like I want to see the dunes and the stardust sign, but you know, maybe, maybe those people are going away that actually like want to, want to see what it was and it, it coming back in a nostalgic way seems like a kind of a cool thing that you're acknowledging that you're not trying to be current. You're bringing something beautiful. Forward. Well, yeah. The, the fact is that there's so much technology in Vegas that you might be the uh, uh, the one that everybody goes to because it's uh, nostalgic. Um, yeah. If, and it, it'd be like, you know, the kids today, you know, seeing uh, an old rodeo, 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 rotate, rotating phone. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> rotary phone. I yeah, think seeing a rodeo phone. also would, would trip them up. <laughs> and and say, oh my God, you know, this is wild. You yeah. actually lose this. So <laughs> you can't, how do you take a picture with this? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this has been so much fun. Um, and I always I, I, post pictures with it of, you know, dancers in their costumes. But if you have any design pictures or, you know, anything, sketches or just photos or if anything on your website, I think it'd be really fascinating for people to see your bird's eye view or your, and also, you know, how these things come into somebody's head and sure. end up on the stage. So thanks for doing this. It was also oh, convenient. The same time. It. Isn't it? It's fun when we start like reminiscing and like, that was pretty damn cool what we did. I think a lot of us, we start talking about, and then just, I always warn people, you start having really weird dreams after you talk about this, that the dreams just start coming up and I'm back there and I can't find my costume and I don't know the choreography anymore, but it's, it's still, this still can hear the song. All right. Well, best to you. And um, right, you, I'm going to, I'm going to start paying attention to your website to see what else you have going on. And maybe, All maybe right. we'll create a show in Vegas. You got it. I'm I don't right. know what I'll do. You'll design everything and I'll just, uh, I'll just clap. <laughs> very good all right thank you so much